Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Wavebreak. We're a retention marketing agency focused exclusively on email and SMS marketing. Last year, we had clients go from 8 million to 25 million a year. 20 million to 60 million a year. How did they do it? How did they grow so aggressively with a lot of confidence in a year like 2020? Well, they had the confidence and power of owned marketing with successful email and SMS marketing programs. And you can grow a lot faster with it. And it's becoming a non-negotiable in 2021 as you know, different pixels are not working the same way. Different targeting rules are going into effect. Cookies are being phased out. All of these things. So you need to own your relationships while you can. And that's what we can help you do. If you want to learn more about how we can help you maximize your email and SMS marketing revenue and take things to the next level, it doesn't matter if you have an advanced program or you've already been doing you know nothing a lot or been barely doing any kind of email, we can help. Um, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to wavebreak.com to learn more and set up a time with you, uh, with me and my team. So really excited. Today on the show, we've got Peter Goodwin, founder and CEO of Groove Life. Um, this is one of my favorite stories I've ever had on the podcast, um, just because it's so unique. And like Peter literally like five years ago, you know, maybe almost six now was living in the Alaskan bush with no car. He would fly and take his plane to get groceries. Um, and he's now the founder and CEO of a very successful uh, direct consumer brand, Groove Life, uh, you know, the leader in their space. Um, they're doing mid eight figures in revenue. 
Um, he doesn't like to talk specifics. He's a very private guy. So he very rarely, I don't think he's ever done an interview before. Um, this is the first one. I got him on the first one. Really excited for this one. The guy has a lot of insight. He literally went from working the Alaskan bush, running his company up there to, uh, you know, running one of the largest direct consumer brands in the space, you know, at a time, you know, he, he's really, I mean, it's just, I, I'm speechless. This guy's insane. He's going to take you in a different route too. We talk about culture. We talk about hiring. We talk about his story, how he did it. We also talk about why he does it and how he shifted his model and the things that his company does. It's just like a really, a really good episode. It's going to challenge you in some ways that may be comfortable, maybe uncomfortable, but it's a really good episode. I'm really excited to release this one. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Peter. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Yeah, really excited to dive in. So before we get into you know the marketing side, the culture side, and building a team, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got your start? Because it's a bit different than you know a lot of the people in this industry who you know may or may have not grown up with the internet. Maybe they're affiliate marketers before all these different things. What is your story and like how did you end up starting Groove Life? Yeah, I would say I'm the poster child for an old guy hacking it and figuring it out. Um, so I, w- I grew up. Yeah, living in Alaska seasonally, my family lived there, uh, moved there in the 60s, and then we were in tourism. And so I started my own company, uh, guiding and hunting, fishing, mountain guiding, right out of high school. Didn't even go to college. Um, I knew what I wanted to do. They didn't have a college degree for bush pilots and a hunting guide. So I so went up there, did that, were construction guided in the season, construction off season, and then eventually uh, started my own company. Uh, married my wife and down in Alabama, actually, and convinced her to move to the bush of Alaska. So, so literally five years ago, I didn't even have a car. I had two airplanes. We lived out in the bush. We lived on a generator and solar. And my kids were running around, you know, shooting birds with their BB guns. And, you know, it, we just lived off the grid. It was awesome. Lived in a small community up there that ran our business. So Groove kind of, I'll dive into why I started Groove. You know, a lot of people start businesses to get rich and, you know, obviously to, to have their own freedom and whatnot. And I kind of had that already, not the money side, you know, owning a lodge in Alaska is like being a farmer, you get cool toys like boats and airplanes, but you're kind of broke all the time. And and it depends on the year too, right? If the economy is good, people come, they want to see bears and climb mountains. If they don't, the economy is not doing good. You know, you're, you're borrowing Peter to pay Paul. So, so uh, I was looking to make, 50, I said to myself, if I can make $50,000 more a year, which is like double what I was making. I, I could, you know, uh, take my family on vacation. I could uh, do my child's education. I have four kids and uh, children's education, you know, fund. And then I could possibly, you know, put a little money away for, for, uh, for retirement. So Groove started with just like, man, I was just trying to, I was just trying to white knuckle it at, at, in the evenings and then off season just to make a little bit more money. And then now it's turned into, you know, we have over 150 employees. We live in, we moved to Nashville and, you know, we're probably the leader in our space, but, but Groove in a nutshell is a, you know, active lifestyle brand. Uh, we are focused in the accessory space. We sell silicone rings, watch bands and belts and a lot of more accessories to come. Uh, we are mostly direct consumer. We have about 3000 retailers across the country that hold of our, hold our products. Um, but we are, our game is direct consumer pay-per-click, you know, CPC, um, but we're also pretty good in the, in the content space as well. So that's it. Uh, as far as that's kind of a long answer to your question, Dylan, sorry. No, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you're in, there's a lot to unpack there. So you're, you're literally living in the bush 
and you don't even have a car because you ha- you need an airplane to travel everywhere. Like, yeah. Where, did what, what? Well, what was what's internet like up there? Oh man, what's well, funny story? I live in Tennessee, Nashville, in a suburb. Well, in, like out in the country, south of Nashville, my internet in Alaska was better in the bush than it is here. No way. No, and, and that's and, yeah. I mean, Nashville's got great internet in town, but if you live out in the rural area, which I do. Uh, you're in a satellite internet. It was actually the same service we had there. It just happened to be a better signal in Alaska. So, you uh-huh. know, running that business pretty quick got to be a challenge. You know, you can't really stream movies or anything like that, or, you know, even watching, you know, you know, like screen cat or um, blog blogs on how to do business, which I was trying to consume was hard. So we, we, uh, I, I pretty quick found an employee in town, Anchorage, still dot area. And, she started doing customer service for me while I ran the lodge. I mean, it, we were small. I mean, we, we, we started on Kickstarter, I think December 3rd of 15 in our first full year was uh, January 16 or uh, 2016. So we started Kickstarter, raised like 18 grand and, you know, we were small. I could run it. And then that summer I hired my first employee, but, but yeah, I didn't have a car. Like we flew in to get groceries, flew back out. It was awesome, man. I mean, I lived down. I mean, it was there's bears running around. You know, for entertainment, I jump in my airplane at night and take my son. You know, flying in the mountains. I mean, come on, that's awesome. Yeah, just now I live in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and like when, like, how did you get the idea for the product? And like, what made you? And like, what were the initial? Mm-hmm. So like, you, you got the initial idea. Like, how'd you get that? And then also, why Kickstarter? And then what was your promotion strategy for that? Yeah. So again, I, I didn't know you could sell things on the internet anything i'd been pitched on the internet this was like 2015 i guess you know i mean just still was kind of black box a buddy of mine flew into the lodge we were hanging out and uh having a beer or whatever and he's like hey i'm selling stuff on amazon you know and i'm like damn you know like times are tough you know and uh because i was thinking internet sales to me was like selling used books on ebay Right. You know, you go to the garage sales and you get old crap and then you put it on eBay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, you know, like, oh, oh, good for you, buddy. You know, he's selling things on Amazon. And he's like, yeah, I just crossed a million dollars in sales in 10 months. And I might like there's a couple of things in your life, like paradigm shifts. And that was one of them. I mean, that was like I'm going this way and the light and the gates open. And there's, you know, you're like, I didn't know that was even a possibility. And I knew this guy, like he's a schmuck like me. Like he, he's a, you know, it's he, not the smartest guy in the world. I just like me, he's a super good guy. Loved him and still, still keep up with him for sure. But he was the one that really uh, opened my eyes to this. And he was, uh, you probably have heard of it. Uh, ASM amazing selling machine. So this was big back in like 13, 14, 15 with Amazon. And so he introduced me to, to that and the product to answer your question whole thing was, hey, use a pro- find a product that you already use that you could improve and tell a little bit different story. But it's, you know, finding a product that's already selling in the marketplace, I find that was probably my biggest epiphany. Instead of trying to make a new product or something that, you know, you think is cool, sell something or a, some sell something or a category of something that already has velocity of sales. You're not having to build the, the, um, the whole machine. And what I equate it to is Apple. Apple's never invented anything ever. Yet they're the well, the second biggest company now, I guess, uh, behind Elon. But, uh, you know, they they find what's selling in the marketplace that has velocity and then they make it easier to use and they sell it to an elite audience and they sell it to our audience. But they I mean, iPods, I had an MP3 player two years before the iPod came out. 
Um, you know, IBM was selling personal computers way before the Mac, you know, whatever it was, the, uh, the Apple computer came out and, you know, iPads, all that. But they're the, the, that's their that's their thing. It's like, we're not going to make something new. We're not going to be pioneers. We're going to be settlers. So that's kind of how. So so it's Silicon Ring. I'm, I'm out in the bush. I'm running around. I'm flying airplanes, jumping in boats, you know, living this very active lifestyle. I couldn't wear a metal ring. So I bought one of the, you know, Silicon Rings on the internet at the time. And my finger just sweat like crazy. I was always taking it off and drying it. I'm like, man, you know, and I didn't think to sell those. I just was like, this is a pain in the ass. And then, then he asked me, he's like, Hey, what, is there anything you use on a regular basis that you're like, I like the product, but it's not great. I could probably, you know, change it a little bit and then make it better and tell it to a different audience, your audience, speak to your audience. And I was like, you know, there's this stupid ring. I like it, but I, you know, so we, we, I designed grooves on the inside of it. Crazy story. I had no idea what I'm doing, Dylan. Like, what, what, I, I should be the I should be the poster board for people that have self doubt as well. You know, I, I I didn't think I could do it. Um, I didn't have any money to do it, and uh, but I got on Upwork and I you know designed it on a piece of paper and I said, hey, somebody put this in AutoCAD for me, three hundred bucks. I was like, dang, that's a lot of money. So I did it, and then I I uh, the guy that drew it for me was also in the silicone space. Oddly enough. So I said, well, yeah, you can bid on it. So I, I went to Alibaba. I kind of followed the little program, you know, that was on the ASM course. Go to Alibaba and see if you can get a bid or whatever. And so anyway, I had a bunch of people bid on it. And then this guy who had drew it was out of Arizona. He said, hey, I, I can I can draw it and I, I'll bid it. If I'm competitive, would you give me the price? So, so anyway, he, he ended up winning, winning it because he could guarantee the quality. We 3D printed it. Then we did soft molds. And then we went to Kickstarter um, with the soft molds as a prototype. And, you know, it was like hope this works. You know, we got about 10 grand into it so far, which is a ton of money for me back then. I mean, it was all our money. Actually, we raised 18 grand, which was like, again, I'm, if you want to cut in here and ask questions, jump in, I can ramble forever. But I remember pushing, you know, it's like three in the morning. I built the whole campaign myself. I had no idea what PR even stood for. And I just built it and like sent an email to all my friends that said, my wife still makes fun of me. She's like, remember that email you sent out to everyone on your email list and Facebook friends that said, I have a new invention. Click here. You know, she was like, <laughs> but like her family almost disowned me at that point. Like an invention, you know, like I'm an inventor. Uh-huh. I'm a rubber ring. But anyway, so we launched it and uh, raised 18 grand. And that was like, what? I didn't have to work for that. My wife woke me up at like 12 o'clock the next day because I pushed it, published at three. And I watched the first sale come in online from australia in my mind again was just like like what i just sold something to australia what is happening and i woke up it was like two thousand dollars on the campaign and i just couldn't believe it so we ended up raising 18 and you know and then we went on shopify and fumbling through we didn't know what to do next yeah like how how did you do that do that because like what's so like i'm just like smiling because i love the story so much so like you literally know nothing about any of this stuff and then you you launch this and what's even crazier to me is because i know like where you are like i know where you are now right and you're you have over 150 full-time employees over 180 in total and um, I don't know if you want to share revenue range or what that looks like, but I mean, that was just like, what, five years ago when you press play on that? And now, right. you, yeah. Yeah, we grew really fast. I, I, I don't know how detailed you want to get, but that first year, you know, we were in January, we did um, $400 or something in sales. And that first year we were right under 
I think the first year we ended up at like $700,000, which again, like I was like, what is happening? This is growing faster than my other business gross, uh, you know, and profitably more than my other business. And, and so the second year we started, you know, we grew and we're like mid eight figures now, but like, how did you like, like, like people listening to this are like, you know, like, oh, I, I, you know, I've been running ads for so long and like, I'm still not even there yet. Like, and you mentioned too, like you're, you're also a poster uh, child for like self-doubt. And I know so many people listening to this podcast are people who, you know, could be doing, you know, double, triple what they are now, just if they have that extra belief in yourself. But like, how did you, like, what were some of the ways you pushed through? And I mean, like, I guess we can go back to your two now, like, okay, so you did 700,000 in your first year, like. How did you, like, were you learning Facebook ads yourself or like, how yeah. are you building out a team and like thinking about that? Cause I know that's a huge thing for you too, is building out a great team and great culture. Right. 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 Um, so like, great when passion. did that start to come in and, um, when did you start thinking about that? So the first year, the first year, yeah, I, it was, dude, this was the glory days of Facebook. If I would have started the company in like 2013, ah, man, I'd have been Bill Gates. It was crazy. <laughs> I remember pushing ads, dude, and getting like conversions on a, you know, $40 average cart for like 50 cents. It was nuts. Uh, and my, you know, CPVs were crazy low. Cost per clicks for like 10 cents, five cents. I don't know. It was nuts. I remember I, I look back every now and then at the campaign and go back to your history, maybe a year or two ago. And I show my whole marketing team and they were all like, what? This is crazy. But uh, yeah, we just grew. You know what I mean? Again, we weren't at scale either, right? So everybody knows it's running Facebook ads. It's easy to, it's easy to you know, get pretty good CPCs and conversions and you're spending $100 a day or $50 a day. But when you're spending you know, $20,000 a day, it's a little harder. So yeah, I'm, again, I rambled and forgot your question. But I, I think basically where I was going with that is we, we, I learned Facebook ads. I learned Google ads. I got in, um, I'll give a hundred percent. Every time I do an interview, I talk about Ezra Firestone. That dude, the real freaking deal. Love him. If you're not part of your blue ribbon mastermind group, you need to be, I'm in there. Um, I have no affiliation with him or get money for that, but he's, he's awesome, dude. He, he was like the only marketer that I followed that seemed like he had a heart. And he's kind of this, you know, grew up in a commune in New York, cares about people more than money, but he's also a damn good businessman and marketer. So I like that. I was attracted to him. So, you know, got in his group and just learned a ton. I mean, he's very good. He, he you know, his, he's got people in there that are making $100 million a year to $1 million. So you can kind of find your, your group in that group and he'll help you as well. But, but anyway, just following him, researching, doing, doing the work. And yeah, just kind of slowly grew, you know, 700000 I don't know how many, you know, average cart back then was like 40 bucks. So, you know, we had a, we had a hundred and what is it? 120, um, 200,000 maybe customers. And so it grew really quick. Um, but yeah, I, from the beginning, I was adamant that I'm not, I don't want to outsource. I want to learn it before I outsource it. So yeah, no, sorry. that's awesome. Rambling. Like what, yeah. Like what did it look like bringing on? Like, I, I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before but like five like you know maybe they have like five or ten people or maybe it's like them and then they kind of like it's like ragtag group of people like when was like like i guess like how are you thinking about you know hiring people and like especially on the marketing side too i love how you're like i'm not going to hire somebody unless i know how to do it myself first i think that's huge yeah. I mean, so many people make that mistake um yep. and then like going from there like how did you go about building like that first kind of like initial i guess core team um that is now scaled you know to over 150 people right so 
in Alaska, I had probably four employees. So, so big, big differentiator for us has always been customization and being able to take the, the base ring and do things with it. So we have lots of licensing, which we can talk about strategy for that. But so I ended up hiring a guy that bought, we bought a laser engraver and figured out, he figured out how to engrave people's initials on. So we had three or four people in Alaska, but when we moved to, we moved to Nashville in January of 2018 and we had three employees. So really just in the last three years, have we grown? That's when the growth really started. I sold my other business, the lodge and all the equipment, all the, the everything and, and moved here mainly because uh, my family, I have some extended family here and the business is just blowing up and I couldn't run both. And that was super sad. I'm still sad about it, <laughs> but, uh, but I know this is a good, this is a new season in my life. So, um, but, but when we started, you know, the first guy I hired was Matt Mitchell. He's my COO. And, you know, again, I'm a hunting guide. I mean, I've the most employees I've ever had were like 10 and that was seasonally and they were ragtags. We didn't know what we we're doing. We we're just, you know, we we're going out there hiking around. Um, I didn't know anything about, you know, PL reviews or, I mean, I didn't know anything about anything, but I had a vision of where the company could go. And so, I got introduced to this guy on a dove hunt. He had been a part of a sale of another company and he was kind of, he took six months off and he's older. He's like 55 and he, we sit down and, you know, he's like, Hey, his, you know, I feel like you need this, 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 and this. And um, I'm like, I, I don't even know what I need, but you know, you, he, he came from Dave Ramsey actually. So kind of, I knew that he came from a good culture, but the amount of money he wanted to make, I was like, are you kidding me? I, I'm not even making anything close to that, but best hire I've ever made. I mean, holy smokes, he was expensive. But now, like looking back, it was peanuts. But that first hire, I, here's what I'll say. Building the team. Hire people smarter than you. If you're insecure, it's going to be hard for you to do because you're uh, insecure. People typically, you know, can't admit that they suck. One of my biggest uh, differentiators in business is that I admit that I suck really, really fast and I look for help. And I, um, and I don't believe that I can do it. So it's kind of this weird, like, I don't have this self-deprecating. I used to, uh, but I don't have this, like, like I suck, I suck, I suck. It's more like I suck. I need help. Who can I have, who can I hire to help me with that? And that's how we built groove. And I don't know, man, I, I, I will tell you that I'm not that smart. Um, I've learned a lot, but I've hired, I've tried to hire the best people possible. And then I really incentivize them on growth. So I pay them enough to cover their mortgage and, you know, groceries. But I say, look, man, if we hit this number, you're getting this. We hit this number, you're getting this. You hit this number, you're getting this. And and they've all done extremely well, mainly because they're incentivized. So you hire smart people, you dangle the carrot, and you let them do their thing. And you get the hell out of the way. So that's kind of how we we grew. But also on culture, you know, I, you know, again, like we can go back to agencies. I had agencies early on, had a really good one. Uh, called Medicake out of here out of Franklin. Great dudes, great guys. Um, but pr- pretty quick, you know, I wouldn't say pretty quick. We had them for a year or two, but we just decided, hey, we you can only grow so much with marketers, I mean, with agencies, and you're kind of one of the, you know, many. And I wanted to build a culture. I love people. A lot of that has to do with my faith and believing that while we're on earth, it's to help people and love people. What better place to help people and love people is to, you know, build a business and hire them and provide for their families and have influence over them. So, so I wanted to build, you know, I wanted to build a team and I knew that I really, you know, a lot of in digital D to C, most companies are very small teams they are kind of outsourcing freaking everything. 
And it's easy to do that now because, you know, everybody's remote. It's harder to find the talent locally. It's very hard. And we don't have all of our employees aren't. We have probably six employees that are remote, but um, out of the 150, but most of them are here. So, yeah, I just I just love people. So I hired really good people. I didn't I wanted to have control. I wanted I wanted my marketing guys to eat, sleep, drink, breathe, groove life. And I didn't want them to think about another brand. And if they did, they can go work for that other brand. You're not working for me. So that's kind of how we've, you know, just laser focused. But it's, it's straight up, Dylan, like I'm not, it's not lost on me. Margin is everything. And I can talk to you about that. Like I, we don't launch any product unless we can mark it up 10 times. Used to be five. And we're like, man, for us to buy ads, to pay what they're, you know, what that costs for us to pay the lawyers, to, you know, to fend off lawsuits, to pay, for us to make any money, we got we got 10 X what we're, what we're cost of goods is. And so, um, you know, gr- rings obviously got great margin in rings. Um, and, and so we've been able to grow probably a little faster and definitely more profitable. We have no debt. Um, and I was able to, you know, invest in a team probably a little more uh, than, than some of these other companies, unless you're venture backed, you know, venture backs a different story, but but yeah, I, I'm rambling. I'm sorry, but I'm very passionate about team building, the culture, having, and I want to talk to you more about culture, but th- that first hire was Matt. And then it was, um, you know, he started hiring, you know, he, he's been there before. You hire people that have been in war before. They know how to hire the generals, lieutenants, and you just sit up there and cast vision, you know, and I kind of ran the marketing traffic, you know, I kind of was good at speaking that language and I didn't know anything about distribution or freaking you know ship station and all i still don't i don't care to know about it they just everything goes out the door um that's the good thing about really really competent people if you're secure enough to hire them um they will make you look like you're the smartest person in the room when they are actually the smartest person in the room so anyway Mm. sorry to ramble yeah cut me off anytime bro cut me off anytime (laughs) no 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 i love that and that's all really really great great um things that you said like tactically like where so like you said like you know not everybody's in nashville like uh, kind of on a tactical level, like how are you finding people? Are you doing a lot of referrals from existing employees? Um, yes. Or like job posts or like, what does that actually look like on a tactical level? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for like really high, anybody making over six figures, we usually do a job post. It's pretty specific what we're looking for. We l- rely heavily on personality, um, uh, you know, profiles like an Enneagram or disc profile. So we know exactly who we're looking for, what personality. I'm not going to stick a high I or a seven in a, you know, an analytical job. I want them selling, you know, so we, we, we've gotten pretty good for that. We stole some of that from Dave Ramsey's people. We have several of them that work here and uh, he's local here in Nashville too, but that's kind of how he hires. And Let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Listen, it's getting more expensive to drive profitable traffic to your website every month every year. You need to do everything you can to maximize conversions. That's why I love and use today's sponsor, Just Do Know. They're the best tool in the game for conversion rate optimization. Two things I really love about them right now. I mean, they're first of all, they're a really great company, really great team, uh, you know, one of the best to work with. Uh, but two features I love of Just Do Know. Number one, they have these AI-powered upsells that you can take and put 
anywhere in your store that has HTML. So you can put them in the checkout, you can put them in your cart, you can put them on the product page. This is their Just Do No Plus product. And what's great about that, it has this AI in it that tracks buyer behavior and puts recommendations that people are actually gonna buy. So you get more conversions and you get higher average order value and it's just gonna help your business scale a lot easier. And it's really easy to set up because you also get a strategist with it. And the Just Do No Plus strategist, they know exactly what's working and how the best brands are leveraging Just Do No. And they can take that insight and apply it to your brand with zero learning curve um, and help you drive more conversions using their platform on your website. The second thing I really love about Just Do Know is their advanced list growth tools uh, and specifically how you can segment based on traffic and a ton of other different metrics so you can really maximize list growth as well as conversions using on-site pop-ups and different promotions that they have. Um, and all of this works extremely well. Uh, Just Do Know customers see an average of 135% lift in revenue during their first year using the platform. And what's awesome about it is it also links to Klaviyo, Postscript, and all of the other software that you use. So you can close the loop, link everything together. Everything's personalized. Everything's automated. It's all nice and flows and connected. Um, and it drives great results. So if you want to learn more about Just Do No Plus and snag a sweet discount because you're a listener of this podcast, all you got to do is go to justduno.com slash wavebreak. Link is down in the show notes below. It's justduno.com slash wavebreak. Sign up for a free trial and get 20% off your first year by using code wavebreak. Like I said, it's down in the show notes below. Go check them out. Let's get back into this episode. Man, I need to write down your questions. I start rambling and I forget, but tell me your questions. <laughs> I'm going to be poignant this time and not ramble. No, it's all good. Uh, like, like, I guess, like, wh- where do you get your, like, uh, how do you find your employees? Like, are, is it based on referrals or right, right, job right. posts? You're saying it's a mix yeah, of both. Yeah, got it, got it. So the high-end people are job posts, um, and, and then we bring them in and we kind of talk to them about our culture, some, run some people off. But probably, you know, 120 out of those 150 are, are referral. Family, friends. Our culture is very strong and we put a lot of emphasis on that. So people love that. I mean, we have so many families that work here, like the mother and the father and the kids work here. Oh, wow. They'll they'll come in after high school, you know, after they're done at school and come work for two hours and they all go home together. It's the craziest thing. It's awesome. And we see, we see it as a, as a family. So yeah, recruiting's tough on higher end, you know, I mean, look, HR operations, you know, those are kind of, you know, every company has those. The big one that we've struggled with is marketing because marketing is so, you know, fluid. It's kind of the black box of, and it's the secret sauce as well. So we actually, a lot of our marketers are out in Salt Lake and they live there. They commute here once a month or every other week um, and work with us. But, but there are, there are full-time employees. My CMO lives out there, but yeah, it's a little bit harder to find those locally. I mean, there's only, Nashville's not known to be, it's not like Austin or Salt Lake. It's not a big DTC, you know, um, hub. It's more healthcare and music. So, but, but it's okay. I mean, look, high end people, I say high end, I mean, people that are professionals, it doesn't matter where they live, but we, we like them to come here to kind of get the culture, mm-hmm. you know, what, so, what is the culture? Like, how would you define that? Like if you're, you know, talking to a prospective employee, like, what do you, how do you kind of like set the framework and say, Hey, this is what we're all about. You mentioned like some people, they run away after they hear it. Like, what, Oh Yeah. Yeah. What, what is the culture? And I guess like, what is the conversation? So some people, I mean, look, some people just want to make a paycheck. That's not what Groove's about. Like we're a flipping family. And so I, I call they, they, anybody, you know, that's middle management up, I, they call me in, I give them the Braveheart speech and they're like, Hey Peter, it's time for the Braveheart speech. And I'm like, okay. So I go in and look a lot of the, a lot of how I run my business is how I, I view my faith, right. In God and why I believe that human beings, myself included are on this earth. And so you don't necessarily have to have my specific faith at all. Um, 
we have people with all sorts of faith here. But what you do have to be passionate about is people and people over money. So um, and people over career, like the team as a whole moving forward. And so that that alienates some people are like, F that. I just want to go. I want to come and make a bunch of money and go home at five o'clock, you know, and come in at nine. And that's fine. Like, hell, I don't care if you come in Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, but you better get your shit done. That's kind of how we run things like you're you're an adult. You better care about people and you better be the best in the freaking world at what you're doing. Or if you're not, you better be willing to be invested in. So we invest heavily in, you know, continue education and whatnot as well. But the culture as a whole is it's a family, dude. Like we have 150 people. We have all I mean, all backgrounds, all races, religions. And what I love about business is that when you provide value to people, that kind of transcends belief. Right. And when I say provide value, there's the customer level of provision, which is like great product, great customer service. That there is no Democrat, Republican, Muslim, Jew, Christian. Like, I just want a great product and great customer service. Like, that's the universal language of humanity, right? We want to be treated well and we want to buy something or get something that we paid for. We worked hard for that. How did we get? So, we work really hard on products, making sure our product's good, and we have crazy great customer service. But a lot of that's not, it's, it's, it pays on the rears. It's hard to measure. Um, but it's definitely why we've grown the way we have, but like we have an unlimited lifetime warranty. If you, even if you lose your ring, like it, we're crazy. And again, some of that goes back to margin, but even on our belts, uh, we, we have crazy customer service and we lose money, but we don't care because we're trying to influence people for good. Right. So, so there's the, there's a customer value that we really invest in, but people, I think overlook their employees and thinking them as customers. They're just as much customer. They're the ones out in the community talking about you. They're the one that represents your brand. And so we, uh, again, this goes back to like, I, outside of making that $50,000 and providing for my family, I don't really care about money. I never have been motivated by it. I, I mean, I was a hunting guy. You don't make a lot of money, but it's all about the life experience. So when I started Groove, I was like, a, after I pay for my house and, you know, get debt free, I'm investing almost everything back in to, to our community and to, um, to our um, employees and I'm not doing it for, you know, you know, I get so frustrated with so many brands. It's like the color of the month, you know, it's like manatees and elephants and now we're saving trees. Now we're, it's like, they don't have any core conviction about what, what they're giving to. They're just trying to jump on the Tom's bandwagon of one for one or whatever else. And they don't, you know, and challenge people like, like internally look at what you're passionate about and live for that and build your business around that. And you will attract a customer base that's rabid about you and your employees will be rabid about you and you'll have fulfillment in life. And so that's kind of what we've, we've gone through. So, so anyway, on the, on the, on the, again, the customers are our customers that buy products, but also employees. So we look at our employees, we're like, Hey, what do human beings need? They need to eat. So we pay a, a pretty high rate compared to everybody else. Uh, there's an emotional side. Uh, we try to take care of them emotionally and spiritually. So how, those are kind of weird. Like uh, we get the whole like food and, you know, money, but how do you take care of your employees emotionally and spiritually? So we do all, um, most people have trouble when they're married. If you're not married, you'll know, uh, with money and, uh, just with money. So we do financial counseling. We work, we work with the, they Ramsey crew. They come in and do some stuff. We have, we pay for marriage counseling. Anybody's having problems in their marriage. Anybody that's, you know, down on their luck will do no, loans or, or just give them money. And, and we, we do a lot of stuff that's under the radar because, again, Jesus says, hey, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Otherwise, your reward's here. So we want some reward in heaven. But we do a lot of forward-facing stuff, too, with our community. So invite, in you know, 
people uh, are are so that, that's the emotional side the spiritual side is uh, like we've adopted a whole village in nicaragua and we've adopted all the children and all of our employees have co-sponsored with group and we send our employees down in nicaragua all of them throughout the year if they want to go we pay for the whole thing so they're able to kind of go in and meet these children and provide for them we've uh, we've we we feed 400 kids a day in nicaragua at the school so um you know, every day, uh, I think they go to school like 10 months out of a year or something. So we're just doing stuff. And when you do that, you're, you, you know, your employees, they love working here. Like I had a guy, we do all sorts of crazy stuff. We, we free slaves in freaking Asia, like crazy oh, wow. stuff no, nobody even knows about. And I would never, you know, I don't want to jeopardize it, but we're doing stuff under the radar and our employees know about it. But I had, a, I had a guy come to me today. He's like, man, he said, you know, he said, you know what fires me up about Groove? He's like, I can be really, I, I can like, he's one of the marketers. He said, I can be really optimize these ads and I can push out and get lower CPC. And he's like, and that directly translates to someone being freed over in Asia from work slavery in a, in a brick factory. And he's like, there's no place on earth I could work that my effort, I could provide my effort for my family and set people free. He's like, thank you. You know? And it's like, it's not me, man. I'm like, it's my faith in God and everything else. But that's the culture you're coming into a groove. Like we don't give a damn about silicone rings. Come on. We're selling, you know, does anybody really need a silicone ring? No, but people want silicone rings and they will provide, you know, they, we give them service, you know, they don't rip their finger off yet. There is some value there and belts are super company and all that. But at the end of the day, like, why are you building your company? And if it's, you know, again, providing for your family is, I absolutely agree. 100% the most important thing. But outside of that, dude, like who won them? I don't know. I just, I'm different. I, I don't care about lots of money in my bank account and, I just want to, you know, I want to finish strong, finish as a good human. I don't care about Democrats, Republicans, all that crap. I want to do what God tells me to do, and that's love people and reflect God. So three three of our mission, you know, our mission, uh, mission that groove is to serve people, uh, inspire adventure, and reflect God. So um, those are our three core tenets. So serving people is our customers and our employees, uh, inspiring adventure. We do, this is a cool, you'll like this. So we do uh we do a match where our employees, uh, we mandate vacations that are adventure vacations and we give them a thousand dollars each to go on an adventure vacation. And that's like, you know, skydiving, fly fishing, whatever they want to do. And they just have to, you know, they snap some pictures for us. We'll put it on our Instagram and, but we do stuff like that all the time. It's fun stuff. Yeah. No, no, don't apologize at all. I mean, this is amazing. Like, nobody i mean because like this this is so awesome to hear because it's not like you say like you're not very public about any of this stuff um or even like we we're talking before like this is really like one of your first interviews you really don't talk that much about yourself about about the brand and what you're doing but i mean i think that's just super inspiring like you know focusing on the causes that actually mean a lot to you getting your whole team incentivized not just from like yeah. I, I love how they're incentivized across the board like growth perspective like hey when you grow the business you win and then also when we win like the world wins um right. Right. And that's amazing. Like the, the fact that you're able to take it to another level. And um, yeah, I mean, that's really awesome. And it's, it's not like you're posting any of this on social media or literally anywhere, like right. uh, on your website. I don't even think, do you even have a page talking about like the, the uh, giving back so. you guys do? Yeah. You don't even, you don't even have that. That's amazing. I mean, maybe, maybe they have something somewhere, but it's not forward facing. I mean, again, like yeah. we don't want you to buy products from us because we, we help kids in Nicaragua. We want you to buy products from us. Because we're the best, uh, you know, as far as quality, and you know you're going to be treated correct. And so, because it's like it's value first, right? If I'm not, if I don't have, um, if I don't provide tremendous value to you, 
then um, you're not going to be a long-term customer. You might have a, like a week, you know, moment where like, oh, they're so sweet. You know, they give, they give the children in Nicaragua, but I want you to. Yeah. And the other thing is like people sniff that out. And when I was talking about customers, yeah, they sniff it out. But our, if your employees know that you're doing something to self-serve and just to make more money and it's not genuine, like they just don't work for you as hard. You know, I mean, it's just, you just, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough though, man. I, I, there's no doubt about it. Like doing it this, this way. It has to come from within because there's just it. There's too many outside threats, internal threats, constantly dealing with fear. Am I going to lose it all? All those things come in through my mind all the time. And that's why it's like I got to tap into that deeper power of like, okay, why am I, why do I exist on earth? It's not to make a F ton of money. I don't mind making a bunch of money, but why am I making money? And if it's not to, you know, make people, my family comfortable, but, but also inspire other people to live and love and people and what am I doing? Like, you know, who wants to be an effing billionaire and not have a purpose? So anyway, I, I, I love that. You know, like again, I, I encourage entrepreneurs, you know, there's Simon Sinek, you know, I, I'm not a because I'm such a dang, you know, high D. I don't like taking advice from anyone. I like to fail and figure it out myself. But Simon Simon Sinek, I finally submitted to his books. He's great. You know, he has the why book. He's got another one called Leaders Eat Last. But that guy, you know, he's like, start with a why. And, and it's hard. Like my why was money. 100% in the beginning. I wanted to make money so that I didn't have to worry about if I was going to be able to make my mortgage payment or my airplane payment or whatever. And, and I didn't have an airplane because I had, I had a lot of money. I had an airplane because that was my mode of travel. But, um, you know, it was 100% money. And that's okay because you're not, it's not money for money's sake. You're doing it to provide for your family. So that's what, so about, I don't know, two years ago, my why changed, right? Like my, my family's pretty provided, like we're good. You know, we don't, we're not, you know, I'm not leaving any money to my kids. They know that <laughs> they can go make their own way. Um, so I don't need any more money. So how do, what, now what's my why? And that's kind of where everything shifted. Like, okay, well, what can we do with this money and how do we change people's lives? And then how do we build this culture that's on board? So we have a thing called Groove Impact, seven people one person from each division and they meet and just give money away every month. What's cool is they represent their division in the company. So people internally can say, Hey, I'm passionate about this. Can you guys hear the chairman of this, you know, nonprofit come in and, and then they disseminate the money. And, and that's really gotten everybody. Cause I'm not involved. I'm not giving out the money. I don't even know what they give money to half the time. They have a budget, you know, whatever that is a month. But so anyway, all that to say is, you know, if you, if you start, you know, I, I'm really inspired by the guy from Patagonia. I can't remember his name. And I'm sorry if you're listening, but, uh, you know, he, he, he just built a really solid brand over like 40 years and he lived for something. You know, it's not the same beliefs that I have, but he stood for something more than just capitalism and making tons of money. And in the, what's funny is he is one of the best capitalists, you know, he's still private billion dollar company or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it's just, you, you get both, you know, there's this saying like, if you shoot for earth, you um, you get nothing. If you shoot for heaven, you get both. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, just in that, I think the, the core of that statement, I could probably butcher it as Sam Elliott or Jim Elliott or something. But anyway, the, the basis of it is, you know, live for something more than the temporal money, more, more, more. And you probably will get those things, but you'll have meaning in life. So you didn't know it was going to turn into this. 
<laughs> monk uh philosophical sorry sorry going no, no I, I mean yeah no honestly i'm not surprised because like anybody who 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 drives that type of growth and like is also fulfilled at the same time it's like there's definitely more to it than just like watching the numbers on the spreadsheet it is dude it gets that gets old quick yeah, that's awesome. Like, we're, I know we're starting to come up on time here, but like for for people listening who are maybe like not like um, you, you know, maybe navigating that shift from like you know in the beginning, it's like oh, I just want to make money. Now they're starting to like realize like okay, I'm kind of here, but I want to keep growing because like you know, so many people, it's like they're driven by growth and by doing yeah. more, and being more. Like what, like what would you say to them? Like just to kind of like round off here, like for somebody who's kind of maybe stuck in the middle, like they're trying to find and build that, that they have this initial team, but they're really trying to get it to like that next level at the same time, you know, they're at that place where, you know, their bills are covered, all that's covered. Like, you know, really trying to find that deeper thing. It's like, man, like, you know, you start to ask yourself that question, like, why, like, what, what would you kind of say to those people as we wrap up here? That's a hard one because you know, a lot of it has to do with my faith. So that's such a personal thing. And I think everybody, you know, whether you're a person that believes in God and Jesus or, or whatever, I think you tap into, you know, there, there's courses you can take. I mean, I just went through one called Mayhem Mindsets. Guy works with Rich Froning, the CrossFit champion guy. Mayhem Mindset, Jim Hensel, great course you can go through just kind of figuring out who you are as a human being, who you are as a man. For me as a man, um, you know, your core values, personally, your mission statement, all those things. And just kind of uncovering, because I think as, you know, when you when you grow up, you, you got in entrepreneurialism probably because you want to make money and you want to be free. And when you do gain those things, you're kind of, I mean, honestly, there, there can be a huge reflection point of like, now what? And you can f- almost feel hopeless and self-sabotage. And in fact, most you know, entrepreneurs do self-sabotage because they have to have a problem to solve and they wake up and there's no problems to solve. They go blow all their money on, you know, women and drugs and alcohol, you know, whatever, cars or whatever. Yeah. And then they create a monster problem. They get into debt and then they, they start over and they do it again and again and again. And I think my challenge would be, Hey, stop and ask yourself, you know, what turns you on? You know, I would say that all human beings are made to serve other human beings in some respect. And if you stop focusing on yourself for a second and just go out and feed somebody in a food line, I know that sounds, I'm not a, I'm not a wishy-washy, you know, even religious person. I like, I'm hell I'm having a whiskey right now while I'm talking to you and I, and I, and I cuss. And, but it's just like, when you get your focus off yourself, you can, you know, and go serve somebody other than yourself. It was really enlightening. And you know what? Here's the deal. This is what this is why I think business is the ultimate platform to change the world and reach people. Because you and I, as business people, provide value to other people. People voluntarily give us money. It doesn't have to do with our race, color, creed, religion, uh, political affiliation. It's just like whoever serves the customer the best is going to win. And so you have, as a business owner, a responsibility in my opinion, okay, this is my opinion, but it's damn right, is that you are human beings created to serve other human beings. That is just, there is no way if and buts about it. Look at people that don't do that. They're miserable. Look at people that do. They, they have mission and purpose. So find out who your people are that you need to serve. For me, it's my customers, meaning my employees uh, and, my, and my actual customers, but it's also the people in Nicaragua and people in, in Asia. It's also my local church. It's also my family. Like, you know, margin for your family. So whatever drives you, you got to find your why and it's going to change. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, I've had to reinvent the why a couple of times and just get, get quiet. So like my, I just, my challenge is don't just stop, man. I, I know people that are 70 years old that are addicted to the game. The last thing you want with your life is a man 
is to be addicted to the game, end up with a bunch of damn money, and your family disowned you, your wife left you, and you're, you're miserable, fucking miserable. And like, what have you gained? Jesus says you gain the whole world, but lose your soul. What have you gained? And so that's my challenge to myself is like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, what is the most important? What is the thing that's going to last forever? That's my relationship with my kids and my wife. So that, that's first. Then it's my customers or my, my employees. Then it's my customers in that order. So that's what drives me. And look, dude, I don't have it all together, dude. I Hell, half the time I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? I want to go back and fly airplanes in Alaska and serve myself. But at the end of the day, you know, the way we're wired is if we're not serving others and doing it well, we won't be fulfilled. So, yeah, I love so, that. No, and I, sorry, I ramble again. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, don't apologize for for anything you've said today. Um, this was, this was really awesome to, you know, hear your perspective and really to, you know, like it's been really fun to watch in the marketplace, you know, groove life grow. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has come across it in one way or another, you know, just with your fast growth and all that. And then like to hear on the back end, like how you think about things and also how deep and how far out you've really thought about it, um, is, is, is really inspiring. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think this episode is going to help a lot of people. And so on that note, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can we go to learn more about you, uh, learn more about the company or just get involved with anything that uh, you guys are doing? Oh, man, you could buy rings, watch bands and belts at groovelife.com. Finding out about me, I kind of, uh, good luck. I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have a, yeah, I don't even know if I have a bio page, but awesome. um, yeah, I mean. Maybe so just buy a ring. That's change. all you need to know. Yeah, just buy a ring. Yeah, there you go. Come see us. Like we're in Na- South Nashville. We love people to come see us. I do, you know, I do local speaking engagements at the chamber and whatnot, but I, I, we kind of keep a low profile. Yeah, Perfect. maybe that'll change. I don't know. Yeah, appreciate well, you letting me come on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. I'll definitely link up Groove Life. If you want to learn more about Peter, buy a ring. <laughs> that'll tell you everything you need to know about <laughs> buy it. a ring and audit our marketing process to buckle up because uh, we're going to be inundated until you buy more. And we, you know, if you guys ever want to do another podcast, we can get more technical in that, you know, how we do remarketing and e- email and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm glad we kind of went the way we did. I feel like it's, you know, there's a lot of tact- tacticians out there. And they're all good. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's better to ask the deeper questions. But For sure. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Peter. I really appreciate it. All right, Dylan. Thanks, buddy. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue. And you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or, or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or or what what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures 
uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Wavebreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible. And we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 